0: You're sitting in a room full of people, all kinds of people, young and old. There's laughter, there's chatter. There's a symphony of voices of different pitches, different hues. The room is fairly swelling with sound. And then somewhere out of this cacophony of voices, there arises a faint cry. Do you hear it? The phone rings and it's your best girlhood friend. You've been meaning to call her today because you know her counts have been low since the last chemo treatment. You know that her mother has been in the hospital. Now your friend handles things pretty well. She's strong, stronger than anyone you know. And you just talked about these things a few days ago, but now here she is on the phone and after a quick greeting, you dive in. So how are you? And your friend answers in her usual bright way, oh, fine, I guess, all things considered. But somewhere between the fine, I guess, and the all things considered, there was a pause. There was a slight catch in the throat. Do you hear it? You meet your neighbor on the sidewalk out for an evening stroll. He says hello, and then he stops to say, by the way, there's going to be a for-sale sign in my yard over the weekend. So have you been transferred, you ask? No, no, he says. We're just moving out to the country. We're moving out to a community where we feel more comfortable, you know, where there are people who share our values. Oh, you say? Oh, what else is there to say? Because somewhere in your neighbor's few words, your neighborhood, your diverse, multi ethnic community, just got dissed. Do you hear it? One summer, my kids and my husband and I, we went to visit some old friends. They lived in Virginia Beach, Virginia. And I kid you not, they lived right off the runway of the Naval Air Training Base, right off the runway. While we're eating dinner, trying to get caught up on each other's lives, the Navy pilots were practicing their touch and goes, okay? The whole family just kept eating. They just kept talking like nothing was happening while my kids and Al and I, we literally ducked every time they went over. I wanted to scream, don't you hear it? But of course, they'd lived there for seven years, right on that runway. They hardly noticed it. Friends, our hopes and our longings affect what we hear and affect what we miss if you're longing for a child's safety, if you're longing for stability in a neighborhood, if you're hoping for good things and good fortune for friends and loved ones, if you're dreaming and yearning, these things are going to affect your hearing. That faint cry, that small catch in the voice, that unintended slam, they come through with greater clarity when our hopes, when our longings loom large. As we enter the Advent season this morning, let me remind you that our hopes and longings matter because our hopes and longings determine our ability to hear the good news of this holy season, the good news that light is more powerful than darkness, that the good is winning over evil, that joy is tougher than disappointment, that life is stronger than death. Yes, this powerful good news can be hard to hear when the noise of our fears, when the boom of the world's hatred and injustice crashes down like the sound of a Navy jet taking off over and over again. That's why on the first advent As God prepared the world for the good news of Jesus' birth, Scripture records that angels spoke and sang this good news into the lives of the faithful. Angels spoke and sang this good news into their hopes and longings, into their questions and fears, into their long-prayed-for desires. And that's exactly what happened to Zechariah in the passage Claire read just a few minutes ago. Zachariah, who was a good man, a righteous man, simply minding his business and attending to his duties in the temple of God. And I want you to know he was doing this during a very dark time. It was the days of King Herod. A time of wickedness and oppression. And he was doing this business during a time of his own personal disappointment. Because he and his wife had prayed for a child their entire adult life. And nothing had happened. So Zachariah went to the temple to do his duty. And his prayers for his people Israel and for his own family... They were becoming a distant memory. His longings and his hopes faded, overshadowed by the harsh reality of advancing age and the cruel reign of the Roman Empire on the people of God. That's when it happened, according to Luke's gospel. That's when an angel appeared to Zachariah. I was hoping the organ would do something, but that's a... That's right. I just couldn't help it. <laughs> That's when an angel appeared to Zechariah to announce your prayers have been answered. You will have a son, Zechariah. And not only that, your son will prepare God's people for the coming of the Messiah. Hope. Hope to satisfy the deepest longing. The angel Gabriel speaks more than good news, friends. Gabriel speaks of salvation. Salvation that has not yet come, but by the power of the Spirit of God will arrive as surely as the dawn arrives after a long night. Hope, sweet hope. And what does Zechariah say? What does Zechariah do? He looks that angel straight in the eye and he says, How can what you say? be true. How can what you say be true? Now, don't be tough on Zachariah. It isn't that he's without faith. It isn't that he lacks righteousness. It's just a little too much to hope for. It's just too good to be true, Right? Zechariah's hopes and dreams, his longings and desires have become tempered. they become measured. They have cooled by years of disappointment and decades of loss. Years of living in the evil world of Herod and decades of watching the good in God's world lose out. Now this angel speaks of hope and new life that is way outside of Zechariah's belief in what is possible, so you can hardly blame him. In fact, if I'm going to be totally honest with you this morning, I'd actually have to tell you that I can relate to Zachariah really well. How can what you say be true? Well, my friends, if Zachariah thought Angel Gabriel was something to fear, imagine now standing in front of an angry Angel Gabriel, (laughs) what? I am Gabriel. I'm the one who stands in the very presence of God. I'm the one who was sent to give you good news of great hope. And you won't believe me? You ask for a sign? You can't believe that God does more than anything you might ask or imagine? Well then, just be silent. Be quiet. Be speechless. You just wait and watch and see what your God will do. For these next few months, Zechariah, you won't be able to bless, to explain, to rationalize, to fill the air with empty words or talking points. No, you will wait and see what your God can do. Wait and learn. Zachariah, wait and learn to hope, really hope, in your God again. Today's the first Sunday in Advent. That means 23 shopping days till Christmas. And I wonder, I wonder, with so much going on with tree trimming, gift buying, travel arrangements, I wonder, will we here The angel message of hope this season? Will we hear the new thing that God wants to do in us and in our world? Well, it depends. It depends on what we're willing to hope for. Because what we hope and long for will affect our hearing. If we listen to The Marketplace, to the retailers and the card shops that seem to direct our cultural Christmas celebration. We're taught to hope for a white Christmas that doesn't work in Austin, for perfect gifts under the tree, for family harmony, for an appreciative crowd around a loaded dining room table. We're taught to long for good feelings, season's greetings among our coworkers and neighbors and friends. We're taught that a general sense of charity should exist towards those less fortunate, maybe a dime in the Salvation Army pot there, a toy for tots here. Not bad things, pleasant things. But if that's all we hope for, then the angel songs will fall on our ears like the lyrics of a familiar childhood melody, slightly comforting, nostalgic, and sweet, Part of a movie we've watched before with an ending that never changes. Mother, child, stable, star. You see, if your hope remains small and confined, if your dreams and aspirations are defined by Hallmark and Walmart, then the angels' songs, ringing out, are like a distant promise, a fantastic dream, a lovely thought. No, my friends, our hopes need to be shaped By God, because our hopes matter. And friends, God is always going to bring us more than we are prepared for. God's plans are always outside our imagination, and the good news of the gospel always asks us to suspend our cynicism, the experiences we've had in the past, our perspectives, and to take a giant leap of faith. That's exactly what Zechariah was asked to do. And he had to be quiet for a while to allow God's plan to unfold, to allow God's new thing to be born and come to pass. That's our task this Advent season as well. In the midst of the noise and talking points, to be still, to be silent, and to allow for hope Real hope, God sized hope, to be born in us and in this church, and then not to settle for anything less. The hope I need, the hope you need, the hope this church needs, that our world needs, not some puny, anemic substitute, but hope that gives life, hope that builds a future, hope that lifts us out of the mess we make and into another realm the realm of God. Such hope is a gift. It comes to us by faith. It makes all the difference. That's what gives a struggling single parent the strength to go on, even when their dreams of family and marriage are ended. That's what gives the small church in the city the courage to sell off its endowment And open a community center to just serve the neighborhood children who have no place to go after school. That's what gives cancer patients the patience to endure chemo and radiation and all of the side effects. It's what enables families ripped apart by ancient wrongs and misunderstandings to come together and reconcile. It's what makes people take a stand against racist attitudes and hate mongering of every stripe. Hope. Hope for a second chance, for a fresh beginning. Hope for a social order that exhibits justice and righteousness for all people, not just the wealthy and powerful. Hope for a world where mothers don't have to worry about the safety of their children and where evil in all of its forms begins to retreat and peace, true peace, takes its place. See, my friends, it's that kind of hope we are drawing upon this Advent. It's that kind of hope that the angels sing of, hope enough to change us and to change our world. So let us listen. Let us strain to hear the word coming to us, to us who struggle, who doubt, who rage, who whimper, God has done an amazing thing in the world in Jesus Christ, and God continues today to do astounding things by the same word and by that power of the Spirit. Listen, how silently, how silently the wondrous gift is given, and God imparts to human hearts the blessings of heaven no ear may hear his coming, but in this world of sin, where meek souls still receive him, still the dear Christ enters in. Do you hear it? Amen.